Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meave. Whether you're looking for a good Korean skincare or affordable and trendy jewelry, they've got you covered. Plus, you can help to support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. This episode is brought to you by Nordstrom Rack and recorded at Spotify Studios, L.A. Hey, y'all, and welcome to Trials to Triumphs. I'm Ashley Blaine Featherson Jenkins, but you can call me ABFJ. This week, author, producer, and political activist Nicole Avant talks to me about choosing happiness in the moment while honoring the legacies of our community. Our conversation grounded me as we honored our mothers and nurtured the seeds planted in our past to continue growing an even better future. I'm so motivated by Nicole because her discipline is what sets her apart and reminds me to never stray away from my path. I finally looked at myself in the mirror and I said, okay, who do you want to be in this situation? Who do you want to be? Because that's, everything else will fall into place once you decide. So I said, okay, I need to be courageous right now. Not fearless, I'm scared, I'm afraid, I'm sad, I'm all these things true. I'm still having those feelings and I'm not denying them, but my core is going to be courageous. And it, it really was something that I, once I made that decision, things actually did fall into place. Welcome to the pod, Nicole. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited you're here. First of all, we're matching. I love it. And I'm obsessed. (laughs) I always like to start with how I met people if I've met them. So I don't know if you even know that we've met before. I think I do that. Okay, yes. Yes, but do you remember where? I do. Do you? No. (laughs) I know. I think I just... Did I see you at Holly Rod or no? Nope. Okay, where did we meet? We met in 2017 or 2018 at a party at your house. Oh. For Net- it was for a Netflix party at your was? house. Yes. And we were, you know, it was maybe our first season, maybe second season yeah. of Dear White People. Yes, yes. And I just remember you were so warm oh, and so kind you. and so welcoming. Thank you. And always such a champion for our show. Yes. Oh, what a great show. We always talk about that. We're always like, oh, you always I really did. <laughs> I we really know. did. We know really that you did. were a huge champion for us. Um, but I just also remember being like, this beautiful black woman 
is so wonderful, so kind, but also like so inspiring. Oh, thank you. And so that was, uh, you know, many years ago and yes. so much has happened. A lot has happened. A lot has um, happened. And yet what for me is uh, still so prevalent is that you have so much joy. Yes. You just are someone, yes. you exude joy. I you're always smiling. Yes. You have just one of those faces that like you kind of <laughs> can't stop smiling. Yep. And um, to know all the things that have transpired since I last saw you and to see you still with so much joy is really beautiful. Thank so I you. just want to I appreciate that. that. Thank yeah. you. I have to I choose it every day. Yeah. You know, and it, it is a choice. I mean, it's, it is my spirit. I'll say that. Mm -hmm. I, I was born a happy baby. My mom says <laughs> I was always happy. But I do choose joy mm. i i choose happiness i it's always a choice you know and i think that um and it works out and even if i don't feel like it because there are days where i don't feel like being joyous i don't feel like being happy the circumstances around me do not dictate mm -hmm. I, that i should be happy but it's not about the circumstances it's really not about my feelings it is about making the intention to have a joyous day making the intention to be joyous regardless of the circumstances yeah. and it's challenging mm -hmm. but it is game changing and it and it things do shift because everything follows energy i was literally you took the words out of my mouth yeah. energy energy everything yes. follows my mom raised me on that if if, if any circumstance she said hmm, what are you thinking about what are you thinking about what are you saying because Thoughts and words obviously create Ooh. everything. And she would say, she challenged me all the time. Well, what are you thinking about if this keeps showing up? Because here's mm. a mountain that you keep hitting up against. And you're, you need to face it. And it's going to keep showing up until you learn the lesson. Mm -hmm. You know? It's a good lesson. Yeah. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Okay, so before I... My mind is already spinning about all the things we are going to sit here and chat about. <laughs> but before, I like to start with some icebreaker questions. Okay. Are you in? Okay, I'm in. Oh, boy. Okay, so when or where do you feel most at peace? Oh, that's a great question. Home. Outside in nature. Mm. Outside in nature. I, I can sit and look at flowers all day. And everyone thinks I'm nuts. I, I just sit and flowers. look at flowers. Flowers. Yes, I love, <laughs> I love a flower. And I love being in nature. <clears throat> Excuse me. Being in nature is really my happy place, mm. no matter what. And I just like the stillness of it. I like the perfection of nature. Oof. I like the, you know, it's not some happy accident you know, everything has its place in nature. Yeah. And I, I like seeing that because it reminds me that things will change. When I see the branches that are, you know, if I trim back the trees, <sighs> nature proves to us all the time. They will grow back. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone needs pruning. We all need pruning. We all need 
dead branches cut off, girl. Yeah. You know. I have such gratitude for the seasons. Yeah. I love when the seasons change. change. Yes. Um, because you're right. It's a reminder. Each season is there to teach us something. Mm-hmm. The, the beautiful thing about nature and the seasons is that they are consistent. Yes. They yes. are consistent. Never fail. N- never, never, never fail. fail. No. And there's something no. really comforting. Yes. About Just, that. We all know the sun is going to set tonight. Mm-hmm. We, yeah. we know that. It's going to rise tomorrow. Truth. It's not changing. Mm-hmm. The moon is out whether we could see it or not. Yeah. It's just, it's life and it's cycles. And when you think about life and there's so many things that do fail, that yes. are inconsistent. Yes. There is something so wonderful about knowing that I think God gave us nature and the seasons, you know, to, re- to remind, to remind you, us. to remind yes. us that like every day of, of anybody's life, they can always say the sun rose mm-hmm. and the sun set. Mm-hmm. And there's something really just wonderful about very that. grounding very grounding it's very grounding for yeah. me yeah yeah that's beautiful thank you okay so i want to start at the beginning yes so in your book you talk about growing up in 90210 mm-hmm. beverly hills girl mm-hmm. what was that like when you when you think about growing up as you know in beverly hills what would you say that beverly hills has given you a real sense of community for mm-hmm. sure and people don't think of it that way it's very different now I will say, than when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. But when I was growing up, even the movie stars, Ella Fitzgerald was there. I'd see her walking all the time. Wait a minute. Ella Fitzgerald was right there on Whittier. She said, sunset, you make a right on Whittier. saying a wave. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Hello, Miss Ella. Good to see you. I mean, it was great. But like, you know, um, Dean Martin was there at that time. Smokey Robinson was there at that time. Diana Ross was there at that time. Uh, it was, it was, and then, uh, you know, lots of doctors, lots of business people, yeah. lots of, but the beauty was there really was a sense of community. People spoke to each other. There were a few restaurants that we'd all go to. My friends and I, we talk about the Luau or the Mandarin. They're no longer there, mm-hmm. but all of us have the same birthday photos. We're all at the Luau <laughs> with this big green drink and fog used to come out of it. We used to, you know, the ice or whatever, the dry ice. And we'd get, and it was just a really kind, small city, small town feel at that Mm -hmm. time in the 70s. I'm talking the 70s. And it was great. And it also, you know, when I think of growing up there, I think of all my wonderful friends and their families who actually made it a point to really get to know each other and connect with each other, Mm. which is really not happening anymore, sadly. Yeah. And so Beverly Hills was great. It wasn't uh, wasn't about Rodeo Drive and fancy and wealth. It was more about... Uh, community and friendship, you know, and just goodness. I have, I had the best childhood, and I went to the schools from five years old all the way through Beverly High. Oh wow! So from five years old, I was at Hawthorne Elementary School, and then you went to eighth grade, and then from nine to twelve was at Beverly, and four schools in the city, and it was just a really wonderful place to grow up. Really was so. I think what's interesting, too, is that I think most people would assume that maybe growing up as a black woman mm-hmm. in Beverly Hills mm-hmm. in the 70s 
you, you might not have had as great of an experience as you did. But what I'm hearing is that you were surrounded by so many other amazing Absolutely. black people, too. Yeah, yeah. There, by the way, there were a lot of black doctors. I can. Uh, Dr. Query was there. Dr. McPherson was there. Dr. Hawley was there. Dr. Williams. I mean, I had all these yes. people living in Truesdale, many of them, some of them in the flats of Beverly Hills. But it wasn't so... Uh, disconnected with it was a very connected place with different races mm. different backgrounds you know it wasn't half and half no but I never felt alone mm -hmm. and and by the way even if I even let's say none of the black people were there everyone was really kind because you know this was the 70s so the parents really parented and nobody yeah. wanted to have a rude child. Mm. You know, that's very different now. And nobody, <laughs> nobody really, everyone was really afraid to have a rude child. Yeah. And it was, it was, you know, I mean, I was born in 68. So I think a lot of the women in Beverly Hills decided what their America was going to look like. Mm. What, what, what did they want? You know, these are many of them, you know, progressive and liberal. And they all decided, you know, this, this wasn't easy to get to. Like where we are right now was not easy to get to. So, Let's honor that. Yeah. So I was very, I was very, very fortunate. And let's make the most of it. Make the most of it. Absolutely. And so I, I also read that your parents have roots in North Carolina and Virginia. Yes. Which yes. Yes. So do my parents. North Carolina and Virginia. Yes. Oh, I love this. Yes. Oh, so I my mom's this. side of the family, my mom is from um, like Hampton Roads, Newport yes. News, Virginia. Mm -hmm. But then her mother and like, you know, going way back, yep. they're from um, like Wilson and Goldsboro, North Carolina. Oh my goodness. And then my dad, I'm like longtime Washingtonian. So, but that's, okay. that's where I'm I where love I'm from. it. And I love, I mean, there's something just about North Carolina for me. I didn't spend a lot of time in Virginia, mm -hmm. but North Carolina for me, it's just, it's, it's in my DNA. It's in my blood. I love it. I, you so know, did you grow up spending, going back, spending I went time? to visit my, we had moved my grandmother uh, by that time to New Jersey, but we went back a lot to visit some family there, to visit her friends, mm -hmm. because she was, you know, that that's her. I mean, North Carolina was her, yeah. and she missed it. So I, I and I have uncles and, every, you know, cousins, and we used to go down a lot, and I loved it. I And it was so different from how I grew up, mm -hmm. and... You know, everyone, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, you know, all that. Yeah, the South is different. It's, it's very different. And it, and and I liked the differences. And my parents kept the Southern part of themselves. You know, my mom was a full New Yorker, <laughs> born and raised, but she went down to Virginia every summer to be with her grandmother, Betty. Mm. And it changed her. She wanted to become a writer when she would go sit in nature and watch nature. And she loved poetry and the South kind of gave my mom that feeling of that you were talking about earlier, that life changes and life is change, and we, but we can depend on nature. We can depend, we, on and it. We, we can depend Ooh, on the seasons changing. And she loved that because Virginia was very different from Queens, New York. I was going to say New York. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. But but I think it's important too in life to 
um, have that juxtaposition. Absolutely. Like you have to, same with me. Like, you know, I, I grew up in like the Washington DC mm-hmm. metropolitan area, but you know, I spent the summers with my Nana in yes. Newport News yes. or I would be in North Carolina and yes. it's, it was so contrastly great. different. It's so great. But there is just something very peaceful mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're forced to slow down. Absolutely forced to slow down. And I don't know which if, I love. But I have to be forced. To I slow have to down. be forced <laughs> too. And I think it's and I and I do love that ab- about. I love that feeling of slowing down to pay attention, mm-hmm. paying attention to say hello to somebody and look them in the eye when you're actually saying yeah. hello to somebody and honoring everybody like, oh, hi, Mrs. Green, you know, mm-hmm. hi, Mrs. Wilson. And it's a different feeling. And a lot of my friends in Beverly Hills, their mother would say, their mothers would say, oh, just call me Linda, call me Julie. And my mother was yeah, like, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. And, Mm-mm. you know, and up until this day, I still call my friend's parents Mr. and Mrs. Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. like that. I, I do like that. Do you have a favorite memory from, you know, being in North Carolina or Virginia that you want to share? I loved being, my grandmother took me to her best friend's house and I loved that she was so excited this day. She wanted to pick sweet potatoes. Hmm. She wanted to go into the ground. She loved, well, she loved vegetable gardens mm-hmm. and she loved putting her hands in the ground. And I really didn't grow up that way. So she's like, girl, get in here, get your hands dirty, feel the soil, feel the soil. And there was something about her saying that. And I remember touching the soil and it was cold mm-hmm. and a little wet and a little rocky. You know, it was, and it was great though, because I felt it grounded me. Mm. It grounded me. And she would say, you know, this is why she would, she said she would meditate and pray always while she was in her garden. You know, the collard greens or whatever. And she loved, again, going back to you, of planting the seed, watering, knowing that there is a seed planted and something is going to show up. I needed needed to hear (laughs) that right now. Wow. And it was so great. So that's a really important lesson to me because she would remind me. It was a very different way to say it than my mother, but it was true. Like, what seeds are you planting? Because all seeds grow. Well, they have to be in fertile soil, obviously, Mm -hmm. but you have to take care of the soil. You have to tend the soil. And so I just, I remember that. And she brought that to New Jersey as well. But I do remember being down south with her when I was young and it was great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was very close to my, this is my father's mom and I was very, very close to her. Yeah. Yeah. Gertrude. Ooh, Gertrude. Gertrude. That's a good one. Yeah, Gertrude. Grandma Gert. Yeah. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Nordstrom Rack. I'm Ashley Blaine Featherston Jenkins, host of Trials to Triumphs and proud Howard University alum. I am so excited to share with you the impact that Howard University had on my life and hope you recognize the beauty and the power of the HBCU experience. My first memory of attending Howard Homecoming was actually with my mom. My mom is also a Howard alum and I'm from the Washington DC area, so Howard was never far away from home. And she would take me and, you know, show me the yard and campus and, you know, there were tons of activities. There's always wonderful activities for Howard students or alumni or even just people in the community visiting. Um, And I think that it really inspired me to also want to have my own Howard journey. And so years later, I, uh, went back on the yard and knew that I needed to make this my college home. And, you know, freshman year, I remember feeling like, wow, like I'm actually here. Like I made it. I too am going to be a part of the Howard legacy. And I just always hope to make 
them proud, and I hope that's what I'm doing today. Homecoming season is upon us, and if you've attended an HBCU, you know it's a time to celebrate and look your best. Visit your local Nordstrom Rack store or shop online at nordstromrack.com. Download the Nordstrom Rack app for even easier shopping, too. Huge thanks to Nordstrom Rack for supporting the show and celebrating HBCU Homecoming with us. Back to our conversation. I don't know. I just, I just in this moment, I needed to hear just what you said about planting the seeds. Yes. Like I think it's it's so easy sometimes to um, forget that you planted a yes. seed in uh, fertile soil. A hundred percent. We all forget. I forget all the time. I said, oh, and then things happen. I go, oh, I did plant that seed, didn't yes. I? Yes. Oh, I did say that over and over and over again. Oh, I did declare that over and over and over again. And it showed up. But also, it, like, taking that a step further, seeds take time. Yes. Seed time and It's a seed. It's, it's a, a seed. seed. And yes. if you wanted to grow into a mighty oak or, you know, that beautiful flower, it's going to take a little bit of time. Absolutely. So I needed that reminder yeah. of, like... Ashley, you're planting seeds. Yes. The seeds are planted. Keep tending to your soil. Keep watering. Keep doing all that you can do that's in your control and just watch it grow. Yes. It will come out of the ground. It will come out of the ground. And when the weeds show up, because they will, mm-hmm. and the weeds are, you know, the distractions will show up and, Oof. you know, something something will come and try to stop the seed. And that's why we all have to clean out the weeds, too. We have to pay attention and pull out whatever is going to be in conflict mm-hmm. with that seed. I mean, I when you were talking about being at my house, there's this mighty, mighty tree. She's 100 years old Oof. next year. Wow. And I look at her all the time. She's so majestic. She's huge. And I look at her and I said, no, you were just a little teeny. And it took, you know, God knows how many years for her to just tower over the yard. But Again, that's why I like nature, because yeah. it reminds you of this wasn't always here. It wasn't just brought in and just put down. This was a little tiny seed mm-hmm. that somebody took care of. Yeah. You know? Is there anything recently that you've had to weed out of your life? Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> uh, I had, for myself personally, I noticed, you know, I was casting my pearls, so to speak. I was casting my pearls upon swine. Like, I was really wasting a lot of time trying to convince somebody or something, or this is really important to me. And just, I, I one of my weeds was convincing others to understand my feelings mm. without having any script of why they should, you know, wanting somebody to read my mind, let's say. And but that what happens is it becomes discouraging and you start to feel bad for yourself and you start to feel like a victim. And misunderstood. And misunderstood mm-hmm. all of that. And mm. I had to cut, I had to look at myself in the mirror, which I always, I do mirror work all the time. Nicole, this is the truth right now. And I always start with that. Here's what's true. Mm. The truth is these are these are people in your life and you're friends with them or they were whatever it is, but you are allowing the weeds of distraction, the weeds of victimhood the weed of um, trying to control everyone's situation, every situation, everyone's mm. feelings about the situation. Get that out. Mm. You know, I have to do. I have to check myself a lot. And then sometimes some of the weeds are people. <laughs> and, yes, they are. Yeah. Yeah. And okay, that one isn't okay. This is interesting. You know, people cha- 
we all change. Yeah. And some for the better and some not. And, and some people in your life for what? A season. A season. <laughs> yeah. Some my, my mom used to say, some people cannot. Where she said, all people get off the train at some station or another. They will not ride with you the entire way. Mm. And she's right. Some she's people right. some people get off and you hope it's a peaceful transition. Mm -hmm. Some people get you to where you need to go. And that's, that was all that they were meant to do yeah. is just to get you to the next place. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I never understood that. I'd say, oh, wait, we've been such great. And nothing happened. Nothing bad happened. There was no disrespect, dishonor, anything. But it was, oh, they were leaving or I was leaving them. And it happened. It just was time. It was time. Mm-hmm. Mm. I also want to go back to um, when you were talking about how, like, you know, if you don't learn the lesson, mm -hmm. then it'll keep coming up. It'll keep showing up. It'll yes. keep, you know, the, the energy is just going to continue to say, are you going to learn it this time? Are you going to learn it this mm -hmm. time? What's something in your life or an experience you had that you just had to keep learning the lesson a couple of times? For me recently, actually, I had to learn, I finally got it, that what I want even though I say this all the time, I really wasn't living it. What I want versus what I need is very different. And I was, my intention is this, and I want this, and I want this. Well, those things were showing up, but they weren't serving a need. They weren't fulfilling a need. Mm. And I, I kept saying, God, why is this coming up again? I've learned this lesson. I know this. And I'd write everything out, and I'd let it go, and I'd pray for divine or. I was like, girl, please, you can't just do all that because you're, you're, I'm giving you everything you've asked for, you're getting, but it's not what you need. So my frustration was still there. My disappointment showed wow. up. My, um, all of that, all that kind of energy, like disconnected energy. Mm -hmm. I was scattered because I didn't have someone to help me with what I needed because I had asked for the wrong person. <laughs> That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, and that, that's a big lesson for me. It's a big life lesson for me. That I've been Oof. I've been bumping up against that mountain for for quite some time. That's a good one. Yeah. I needed that. Yeah. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. All right, I want to talk about your parents. Yay. So, you know, in your book, you shared a number of lessons that mm -hmm. they've taught you over the years. Mm -hmm. But you wrote that my mother's life experiences became my life lessons. Which I was like... Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. Like literally when I when I read that, I was like, that's literally the point of life. It is the point of life. Is that everything that she went through that she wanted to impart upon you so that you could take it as a lesson so that you could learn. So that, you know, my parents always say, like, I want you to be better than us. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And I, I do believe that every generation yes. should be better yes. um, than the past generation. Yeah. And my mom loved history. Mm. and loved different cultures. She loved different people, different backgrounds, everything. She had friends of all faiths, 
all races, everything. And she loved being alive. She really loved living. And my mom made sure that I appreciated history and I knew where I was really coming from, not just even as a black woman, as a human being. Like, this is hard. Life is hard. Mm -hmm. But especially as a black woman, it was like, see all these people? And she'd make sure I'd watch whatever documentary was playing on civil rights or anything Mm -hmm. or any book on civil rights. Or she loved collecting letters from um, very prominent African-Americans. So she called it the Great Wall so that we'd know where we come from. So it could be, you know, there's letters or photos of Booker T. Washington and George Washington Carver and Frederick Douglass. And all, you know, Harriet Tubman and Ida B. Wells and everybody is on this wall so that I would and I had to pass it every day Mm. so that when the trials came and and they come to all of us. Yes. We have to remember that somebody had it so much worse Mm -hmm. and they they we are the promise. We are the promise of of so of hundreds of years of people who really did not give up. They did not give up. And mm. and there's so much respect and honor for me in that. Yeah. That how dare I not do something with my life? There are people who were beaten every day and and families torn apart and just, you know, travesty after travesty. And the thing is, that has happened throughout life, truthfully. Yeah. To lots of people, you know? And so the point is, it's never okay to anybody. You know, slavery is never okay for any for any group. Nothing. Mm-hmm. But the point my mom was trying to make is you owe us a significant life. That's what you owe us, a significant yeah. life. You don't need to be famous. You don't need to be rich. You don't need to be this. But good Lord, I need you to understand it's really not all about you. Mm-hmm. You have given up. You've been given a baton. Now you go run your race. And if you want to be a teacher, if you want to be a scientist, if you want to be... I'll help you get Make there. Make it count. Make it count. Make your life count. And I think mm. a lot of people, it's about how many people are following me and how many people like me and how many likes did I get. But it's all empty mm-hmm. because it's, it's not your source anyway. So you're always going to feel empty. Ooh. It's not your source. Yeah. And everyone is valuable. Everyone matters. And that's the greatest lesson my mom imparted on me was everyone matters. And but definitely your lineage. I want you to be very proud mm. of where you come from before we got here in the 1600s, by the way, too. <laughs> so she was going, you know, she's like, that's that's not just, we didn't just show up and that yeah. it started. We, you know, let's, let's go way back. Let's go, you know, hundreds of years before that. Mm. And so I loved, I love that she had this love and respect for history and knew that we had a responsibility to do something with life mm-hmm. and to do something in honor of the people. I mean, we're sitting here right now as free women and, you know, we're blessed to be, you're blessed, I'm mm-hmm. blessed. This was not easy. This took a lot of people before us who had to yeah. sacrifice yeah. and give up a lot. I never received it, by the way. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of people who, you know, could be sitting here, right? Years ago, they didn't have the opportunity. Yeah. So we are now here, and we have to remember that this makes them happy. This, they're this, very pleased. They're very, very pleased because yeah. it's signi- if anything significant is 
that's the best gift I think that you can give somebody. Is that my friend said to me, her mom uh, survived the Holocaust. And her mom said to her, you owe me one thing. You owe me a life. I survived that as a child. Mm. And I was in concentration camps. And here's what you owe me. And I love that. And she reminded me of that. Mm. It's, it's, it's really great because it's true. And it, it's it, so true. And it gets me, it helps get me out of ruts when I get into ruts of, oh, right, this is not a joke. This life isn't a, this is not, this is not a dress rehearsal and it's not a joke. And this is really real. It's real. We're here. We're, We're doing here. it. Yeah. And we got here because our ancestors fought for us to be here. Yes. And we have to have that reminder. And I love that your mom, I think it's I think it's beautiful that your mom made sure that the reminders were all around you in your everywhere, home. Everywhere. I mean that, that matters. Oh yes. The Ruby Bridges, the famous, you know, Norman Rock, Rockwell mm-hmm. painting where she's, you know, going to school and they're throwing something at her and then the N-word is behind her. Yeah. But that she had that up in my room. So I looked at that every day when I woke up. Yeah. Uh, okay, you're you're in a public school system and you're having a great time at school and you have all these friends. Yeah, you know, Ruby, you and Ruby aren't 100 years apart. The, mm-hmm. You guys are 15 years apart. This just yeah. happened. Yeah. She and she was 5 or 6. I mean, come on. And so and she's a hero of mine and I, you know, and I and I and I again, it's when you put it in front of you when you give perspective. You know, or, or the she loved having the poster of all the black men, you know, the famous photograph and poster where it's just they're holding their signs and they simply say, I am a man. Mm-hmm. That made me cry probably more than anything. I would look at that and I look at these beautiful black men. They're working hard. They're showing up in life. They're putting food on the table for their families. They're doing everything right. And they still will not be looked upon as anyone that is significant or matters. And that that's what she was trying to make sure that I never forgot. Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, it sounds like we both had the experience of, you know, being raised to be very proud to yes. be black. Oh, yes. I've always been incredibly proud to be a black woman. Mm-hmm. Even when in school, you know, people were calling me an Oreo or saying that I was pretty for the dark skinned girl or all of those things, it never took me away from feeling pride for my people and, and where I come from. Right. Good yeah. For you. And my parents did that for me though. Yes. For sure. And it, and we all I think we it's it's very important that we do that. And my mom, you know, is, and you've seen photos of her. Mm-hmm. I mean she's obviously is mixed background, mm-hmm. you know. And she loved, she said, well, you know, whatever percentage, I'm, I'm <laughs> European, I'm this, she said, but she loved her blackness, mm. which I love because for my mom, she passed always as Italian or white. No one ever thought she was black. Oh, they thought she was from the Middle East or she's a little wow. eight or Hawaiian. We go to Hawaii and it was, everyone thought my mom was native. Mm. And, but I love that she said, I don't care what percent I am. I love it. And it's fabulous. And I love, I love that about I her. Love her. <laughs> I love her. It was so great. She's like, I. it's just so fabulous. Because she was. She loved and honored our history. Yeah. So she wanted to be a part mm. of that race. She was like, I want this one. Yeah, th- this option and <laughs> this one. Oh, okay. Well, now I want to get into the book. So yes. I want you to walk me through how the title came to you, Think You'll Be Happy, Moving Through Grief with Grit, Grace, and Gratitude. Yeah. I also love alliteration, by the way. I love well trials to trials. Yes, I, I yes, love alliteration, yes, so I, I love the yes, D's. Yes. Um, but how did the title come to you? So 
right when so I had produced the Black Godfather. Mm-hmm. I was at Martha's Vineyard and I uh, during their film festival, mm-hmm. the African American Film Festival, yes. and it was great. And there was a publisher in the audience, and I was doing Q and A, and she said, "Oh my gosh, you know, I really think you could take some themes from the Black Godfather, and I think you can." you know, hopefully write a book. I think there's so many lessons from this movie. And I thought, oh, okay, you know, okay. And so I tried and tried a few times and I wasn't getting anything. And then I realized the themes, the one, the three themes that kept coming up throughout that film and even looking at my mom's life where they all had grit, all of them, they all had grace and they all were very grateful Mm. for their lives. They were grateful to be alive. So I thought, oh, okay. So then I got a little closer and I thought, okay, grit, grace, and gratitude. I really thought that was going to be the title or or something like that. I knew that was it. And then, you know, I, about five, you know, I tried writing from 2020 up until, you know, every, all during COVID. That's all I was doing was writing this book. And then my mom, her last text to me, so think you'll be happy, came from my mom's last text to me before her home was invaded was, okay, think you'll be happy. And it was, when I shared it with my team, it was all these light bulbs started going Mm -hmm. off because my mom actually was so, so much about controlling your thoughts, owning your thoughts, being responsible for your thoughts. So yes, was she talking about a sweet potato pie? That's what she was, you know, she's Mm -hmm. like, think you'll be happy. You're going to, you have to come get this pie from Thanksgiving. But then she also gave me a mantra for life, which is remember, think you'll be happy. So we kind of, so we were able to just change the title that way. And it was great because I said, look, now I want to add grief. We have Mm -hmm. to talk about grief. Because so I basically was like, look, I have this book on grit, grace, and gratitude. My mother was just killed. I'm not going to put out a book on great grace and gratitude only. Yeah. I want to talk about grief and moving through it. And then the the last text was just perfect. And I thought, you know, it's her last words that she said to me. And yeah, we're going to put these in print. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're going to put this in print. Also, I just I think it just really speaks to your mother's spirit. Yes. That I almost feel like she knew that uh, she obviously didn't know what right. was ahead and the tragedy right. that happened, but she knew the daughter she raised. Yes. And she knew that no matter what happens in your life, yes. that she knew you, you, you'll you always be able to find the happiness. Always. And she, I love that it was her last words to me mm-hmm. and it was the reminder and a mantra and a reminder of think you'll be happy. Mm. Think you'll be happy. You don't have to wait for the feeling. Just think, uh, you know, think nothing's going to change. You know, nothing remains the same. Yeah. And you, I just love that. I love, and I don't think it's a coincidence at all, because I don't even believe in them, Mm. that those were the last words she chose to say to me. Yeah. I don't either. Yeah. I, um, you wrote, my mother Jacqueline was the person in our family who held the pieces together when things were about to fall apart. In that moment after I received the call, I left myself. Maybe I became my mother or maybe I became more deeply myself. Yeah. Which which one do you think it is now? I think it's it's a little of both. I think mm. there was definitely a part of me that was so Jackie because she was so organized and she would yeah. just tell everybody, you do this. You, she loved to delegate. Mm-hmm. 
But I think there was a part of me inside of me, inside of my soul that just had not been ripened yet, that this was the situation that was going to have this person emerge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had to look at myself in the mirror and I kept saying, okay, you're going to, you're going to do this. If you do this, this will happen. If you do this, you do this. And I finally looked at myself in the mirror and I said, okay, who do you want to be in this situation? Who do you want to be? Because mm. that's the, everything else will fall into place once you decide. So I said, okay, I, I, I need to be a very courageous. I need to be cur- courageous right now. Not fearless. I'm scared. I'm afraid. I'm sad. I'm all these things true. But the core of me, I'm still having those feelings and I'm not denying them. But my core is going to be courageous. Yeah. And... And it, it really was something that I, once I made that decision, things actually did fall into place. I showed up at meetings differently. I showed up with different questions. I I became, mm. it was once I decided to be a very courageous, conscious, funct- highly functioning mm. person mm. during this time, things actually showed up in ways, thoughts would come, ask this question. When you're talking to the police, ask them this question. When you're looking for your mom's resting place, uh, that I would have never thought of. Mm. So I had to decide the woman I was going to be. How would you describe um, when you first got the call that mm-hmm. your, you know, your parents' home was invaded? What was the first feeling you felt? What shifted in you first? Complete. Uh, it's so interesting. I felt, I remember, I remember this feeling. I remember feeling that my, my knees buckled. Mm-hmm. And I was very afraid of what was to come, of no matter what's going to happen, whether she lives through this or not, this is something that happened to an 81-year-old and an almost 91-year-old. So this was going to be hard regardless. This is a violation regardless of what's going to happen. So I felt I had a lot of feelings. I was scared, and then it turned into anger, and then I was disappointed very disappointed of my mom wait a minute what is going on you know so there were all these and but there was not one positive nothing it Mm -hmm. was fear disappointment confusion I was very confused yes I was very very confused and but I do remember my knees starting to buckle and then I felt I was just going to go down. I had to make a decision like, oh, I cannot go down in this quicksand. Mm-hmm. This, okay. So I remember my another thing my mom used to say is, you know, haste makes waste. Haste, and I was rushing to get to the hospital. But she always reminded me of, you have to be very careful when you're rushing like this yes. because things will happen. You might fall. You might hit somebody. You might, you never know. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't that I was super calm and slow, but I also was uh, very thoughtful and methodical mm-hmm. on getting dressed, getting this, not, to, you know, just getting there, but being careful, you know? I don't know if that makes sense, but it was, yeah. she really, I could just feel her talking to me at the, in that moment of, you know, I'm here. Mm. I'm here. You said um, you felt yourself fall, coming apart, but you held the pieces. Mm-hmm. How did you how did you hold the pieces? I have no I just kept saying to myself, okay, Nicole, just we're gonna hold this together for now. You know, I took it one minute at a time. Oof. 
That's one minute yeah. at a time. So every couple of minutes I'd say, okay, Nicole, we're just going to hold it together just for a little more. Just And then it helped me just move. Just If I said, if I had said, we're going to take this one day at a time, I don't know if I would have made that. I really don't. Mm. I don't think I would have made it. But I started going to take this minute by minute. Yes. And faith by the minute. So I was asking for new fresh faith every 30 seconds, 60 seconds, 120 seconds. Need more, need this. And but it was it was crawling. I it was really crawling. How's your heart today? My heart today is very grateful. Mm. Really, really grateful. I'm I'm grateful that I had my parents. I'm grateful for their examples. I'm grateful for their life. I'm grateful for their love. I'm grateful that throughout this tragedy that my dad got to come live with us for 20 months and I got to eat breakfast with him every day yes. and that make him dinner and yes. and and listen to him and 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 actually be there for him because my intention, you know, when he came to live with us, I said to Ted, okay, we have to make sure we he, my goal is he must feel nurtured. Mm-hmm. He must feel safe. He must feel loved and he must feel wanted. Yeah. He has to, this, 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 everything just kind of blew up. And he's, you know, he was too much shy of 91. Mm-hmm. And so it was gentle. It was like having a baby in the house. It, and, you know, it was really just very gentle, which helped me because I'm not the most patient person. So having him, he actually taught me patience and, and it was just, I look back and I thought, my God, thank God I was home. Thank God I lived here. Thank God I have the means to take care of him. Thank God I have room in my house. Like, thank God this could all happen. We could take the worst situation and try to make something, the power to create a new life, mm-hmm. to begin again. That's what I said to my dad. He says, what are we going to do? I said, I have no idea. Yeah. But you know what? We're going to begin again. We're going to begin again together. We're going to create new habits. And I don't know, Dad, we're just going to do every 20 minutes. We're just going to, we have to remind ourselves that we have to begin again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. What has been your takeaway from our conversation today? That conversations like this are really important and needed. And I thank you Mm -hmm. for even giving me the space to have it because I think communication is such a gift and it it connects us to each other, right? Yeah. And it connects human beings. We communicate through film. We communicate through TV, as you know. Mm-hmm. We communicate through music. We communicate through the written word. But it's a form of communication. And I think used in the right way, it brings joy. It brings clarity. It brings peace. It brings hope. It brings a lot of different things. and. And I'm really shocked that I, 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 as I've been sitting here, I'm thinking, oh, wow, right, dad was right. Nothing remains the same. Nothing remains the same because 20 months ago, I would have never thought I'd be sitting, sharing mm-hmm. a book, talking about my mom in this way, sitting, you know, it's, yeah. he's right. It's nothing remains the same, mm-hmm. you know, and there is, there is hope at, at the end of the tunnel. There is 
life is change and it things do get better mm. things do things get better, do get better. Yeah. things well, do get that's better that's what i was going to say my takeaway is my takeaway from our conversation is that you know you are the real life personification of trials to triumphs yeah, thank you. of turning your trials into triumphs mm-hmm. into triumphant moments this mm-hmm. is a triumphant moment where yes. you're honoring yourself yes. you're honoring your experience my you're family. honoring your family um mm-hmm. but also you are joy Thank you. And it's really a blessing to be in the presence of oh, thank joy. Thank you. Thank you. For yeah. That. And that's as my takeaway. Thank you. As are you, because you're very positive. And talking about energy, you emit a very positive and energy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank this you. This is beautiful. Oh, I love this conversation. I thank truly, you for having Nicole, me. Nicole, I honor you. I thank really you. do. And I honor your soul. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening. This podcast is produced by LWC Studios for OWN. The show's executive producer is Juleka Lantigua. Our managing producer is Fatima Al-Swiffy. Shanice Tyndall is our lead producer. Associate producer is Mona Hassan. Jordan Thompson is our marketing coordinator. This episode was mixed by Trin Lightburn. Michelle Baker is our video editor. This episode was recorded at Spotify Studios, LA. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, and we hope you did, please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, and review wherever you listen to your podcast to ensure you hear the next one. Promotional consideration, products and services furnished by Spotify Studios. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Here you are, BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, I mean, just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. 